Are we rolling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sound. I'll sound. Speed. All right, guys. All right, one take. All right, mark it. All right, action. Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. It's floating pictures, it's so great. Movies, so join us, everybody, for the Film and You Win Show. Hey, everyone, how's it going? It is the Film and You Win Show. It is I, Max, and I am joined, as always, by the lovely Juliet. Oh, thank you. We are doing a special recording. Um, it's uh, part of our flashback series. It's an uh, Easter episode. This is an Easter episode. We watched the movie Us, but here is a fun fact. We watched the movie Us last year, um, <laughs> and we recorded something with my mom that we will treat you to at the end of this. Uh, it was a new segment that uh, we only recorded once called Mom Pinions. <laughs> well, the goal was that your mom would be visiting again this year, and we do another one this year. Um, but you know, social distancing. Yes, uh, there is a thing called the coronavirus, uh, COVID nineteen, uh, that has made everyone shelter in place. And my mom did not make the trip. Um, sad, but also fortunate that my mom is able to be safe back yes. at her home in Wisconsin. And no trip this year. No, but she's watching movies at home and we get to talk to her about those. Yes. So this is uh, later we'll play you when we saw us in theaters when my mom visited uh, a year ago today. Yeah. Uh, It was like late (laughs) March. Um, But of course, uh, she didn't come this year. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we did in the quarantine rewatch the movie Us. So this is kind of an interesting recording where we're going to talk about... You and I, Juliet, about our opinions oh, yes. of rewatching us and how it has kind of aged yeah. over a year for you and your opinions of the movie. Because I think it's safe to say when we play the mom segment, that was uh, when it was fresh. Just it's saw fresh. It, for the first it was time a one time watch, totally fresh. And now I've maybe watched it like three or four times. Yes, I think it's actually become more rewatchable than I thought. Uh, yeah. Of course, us was a follow up to get out a lot of hype. The trailer was, I mean, that was a pretty powerful trailer. It just got you really pumped to go see this movie. It had, uh, of course, the song, Do You Want to Sing It For Us? I got five on it. Yeah. Anytime you can take a a song, an anthem uh, from one genre and turn it into kind of like a spooky horror thing, which I think Jordan Peele has found a really fun way to do in this. And it looks like in Candyman. He's got, he, he might have a few songs that he's twisting around a little oh. bit in that one. But also, uh, Jordan Peele is not directing Candyman. He is uh, producing it. Right. Um, so I just want to point that Did out. Did he write it, though, the new script? Yes. So he's the writer and producer of Candyman, but he's not the director. His, ah. um, his directing movies are Us and Get Out. Well, whatever. What I'm saying is... <laughs> I, I like the kind of take in the trailer. It kind of slows it down. It gives a little creepiness. We're seeing the Rorschach tests. It, it was just kind of a cool, creepy trailer. We're so psyched to see this movie. I just remember how excited I was. Yeah, absolutely. And now that I have watched it probably three to four times. And recently we watched it. And recently in this quarantine, we have watched it as well. And, you know, um, I should say... Something that we're doing, we have a bunch of shows that are backlogged that we have recorded. We are recording some new ones for everyone that we're very excited about um, that, that are coming up where we have our friends who are also quarantined to come in and we're talking about movies because honestly, that's what really we what we have to pass the time <laughs> right now. 
but we're also looking at ones that we have recorded, so there will be some disclaimers of, hey, this is a blast from the past episode. Uh, And Us is definitely one of those. We rewatched it, so we're going to do an interesting film focus about Us in general. We're going to talk about our rewatch and our thoughts about the movie, and then, of course, we will finish it off by giving the people what they want, my mom's opinions on Us. Right. And also her opinions on how expensive uh, food is in Austin. <laughs> or visit in Austin. <laughs> but uh, I, that, that, that's a little uh, a sneak peek. So let's go ahead and let's just, let's, you and I, let's just talk about us. Let's do it and let's just jump into the film focus. Hey, hey, Hocus Pocus, it's the film focus. Here we are. We are talking about us. Now, Juliet, when we first saw us, a little disappointed by the ending. We were. Um, I think, in my opinion, the movie has a really good, strong first and second act. Regardless, of how I think the ending had uh, a lot of problematic issues, I think it's still overall a really solid second film for Jordan yeah. Peele. Our expectations were like r- like really, really high for this because of Get Out and how much we liked that and how just, God, that's just such a great movie. And it had every element of that movie was so awesome and we're expecting a follow-up with kind of the same twists and i think we might have did done a disservice to ourselves with the high expectations because then it ha- we had a little bit of disappointment after that movie um we felt like it i think it kind of one thing that we both said was that it kind of put itself in a box if you're gonna make these rules that this is a government thing then you've created this real world which means all of these items have to be real and they have to have gotten somewhere because there isn't like a fantasy um aspect to it oh, well, things just appear. It's magic. We don't know. It's real. It's all very real. And I think that kind of gave us, uh, kind of made us disappointed. Yeah, I just think, you know, and when I saw it in theaters and I still feel this way, the overly explaining the ending and uh, our twist. (laughs) Yeah, it's the I'm going to tell you everything uh, at the very end ending where it just kind of lays it all out. This is how it all happened. I think those... Endings are, it's less to get discovered and it's just told to us, uh, where the movie had a lot of visual hints and clues throughout the whole movie to that at the end of like, and this is how it all happened. I have no problem now rewatching this movie of what their explanation is for the ending. I just wish it was just, well, this wasn't a government program. It could have simply been... It's been like this since the end of time. We all have tethers under. We us. all have tethers, and there's no explanations on a government I experiment. Didn't mean government involved. because then you start thinking about who keeps giving them these rabbits. <laughs> um, how do they give birth? Why is there a really clean escalator that's not that hard to get to that just takes you it down? Still works. So electricity. Still how many there? entrances and exits there are? Um, it's just a little bit too much. Where it could have just been a fantasy horror, you know horror fiction movie mm-hmm. hey there's an equal amount of us and they're coming back to take their rightful place right um, and, it, and it's obviously a story of class like class systems which it still is we just sure. didn't need the government funded part of it i would have rather it be here's something that's unknown to all of us is that we all um have tethers that are like rabbits in the cage you know that's kind of the concerning part because us ends in a way that the it was drawing comparisons to jordan peele kind of becoming a new m night Shyamalan, 
Yeah. Where Get Out is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about Get Out. And even their twist was far-fetched, but it worked. And you worry that these movies are all going to be set up for the, um, this is what's really happening. Right. I think I have mixed feelings about it, but he executive produced a new Twilight series as well. And I think some of those episodes, granted, he's not the director of those. Right. It's kind of... um. It's very uh, showy. Like, it's kind of like showing off, but sometimes maybe, like, just the message is kind of a little bit, I don't know. It's not, like, watered down, just, like, oversimplified, and just obviously the themes are there. And I, yeah. The, the fear is, like, we're going to get really stylized movies that are just kind of a little The fear is eventually he's going to make the happening, and we don't want that. We do not want that for Jordan Peele. But, On the other hand, that'd be kind of cool <laughs> if Jordan Peele Jordan rebooted. Peele rebooted the happening and made it better. Great. The I happening, the reboot idea. we've all been screaming for. <laughs> Please, someone reboot the happening. Our expectations for uh, Jordan Peele after Get Out were just really high because of how flushed out of a story Get Out was. And Get Out is the kind of movie where it's a different movie when you rewatch it. And you you watch it the first time, you have no idea what's going to happen. It's this shocking twist. It's this great story. It's, it's an amazing journey that you're going on with horror, with comedy, with thriller elements to it. I would argue maybe a perfect movie. Um, you watch it the second time and you're picking up all of these hints that he was giving you along the way. Every single line Every single scene has something that's giving you hints that that brings out even more of the comedy in that movie at the end of it. And I think he just had such this bold first movie. You really can't go anywhere (laughs) after you've done something like that. And it's going to be hard work for him to top what he did. And I think that's why our expectations for us were a little too high, which is why I don't think we liked it as much on the first watch as we did watching it again. Yeah. And I think Jordan Peele is um, a very amazing creator. I think Mm -hmm. that Key and Peele was a fantastic comedy series. Um, I love Jordan Peele's role in Children's Hospital. Um, (laughs) He's funny, he's creative, and he is original and... Uh, we should appreciate that someone like this exists right. in, our, in our film world. The only thing that I worry about is maybe just pumping the brakes a little bit on Jordan Peele because I think Get Out and Us as the follow-up are very are two very strong first two movies. Yeah. But we need to pump the brakes a little bit because we're kind of already acting like Jordan Peele's earned the right to be said in the same sentence as Tarantino, uh, Coen right. Brothers, Paul Thomas He's Anderson. Not there yet. You know, Martin Scorsese and Jordan Peele. It's uh, it's really awesome start that he's on. And I just hope that he keeps uh, challenging himself and it doesn't turn into this over stylized throwing clues and hints. And, you know, I I think it's all great, but it's just kind of all of a sudden we're just deciding the movie's great. And Mm -hmm. I think Us is successful, but there's sometimes I just like pump the brakes. It's a really good movie, but. Yeah, you know, I think Jordan Peele's kind of big man. now. I'm excited for Candyman. That's coming out next year, probably. Definitely. Uh, yeah, who knows when it's coming out. I don't see it coming out, out this um, year. <laughs> are you excited for Candyman? Okay, I had so to try to convince you to thing. watch the trailer. Here's my problem with Candyman is I know the original. I have this very distinct memory of the original of a very graphic scene where he's getting his arms sawed off and he's in a lot of pain. And that is my one issue is the the gore of someone having a body part sawed off. I don't like to watch it. Um, I don't like to hear it. Uh, I get very upset. So I'm very nervous that that scene is going to 
show up in his movie. So I'm going to have to wait and check out doesthedogdie.com after more people have seen the movie to find out if this scene exists. Back about us, though. (laughs) Jordan Peele. So us, you know, gets delivered. And what we know is that there is a tethered world. Mm -hmm. Um, There is uh, doppelgangers. And we know from the trailer that it's the family. Right. So the family is faced with um, people that look just like us. Them. Yes. Um. The red jackets, the scissors, you know, there's so much, like, film nerd uh, homages to. Yeah. Like, you know, the Freddy Krueger look. Um, it's clear that he's a huge horror fan and he loves to throw little Easter eggs in there. Yes. Of the look of his films and it's always, like, paying tribute to, you know, like, the Michael Myers stalkingness with uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the larger uh, dad version. Right. Um, you know, and that holding the scissors look like Freddy Krueger. Um, there's all these little like horror film Easter eggs. Right. You can tell he's a film nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. That's all good. But I think the problem is when you watch the movie, sometimes it feels to get a little too cloudy for me where we're shoved down our throat in like the opening scene. There's so many hidden clues with the numbers 11, the hands across America, that everything has an 11 involved yeah. in the beginning where all of a sudden it's kind of like it's not even subtle anymore. And then, right. it, it, you know, we're still in the opening scene and we see the homeless man holding the 1111 uh, cardboard cutout. And it's just like and then it's like not even like subtle where we're at the beach house and the score of the game is 11 to 11. You know uh, what time it is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's a lot it. of that there. We get it. And the subtle ones are good, though. Like, um, you always brought up that you love the shot when they're on the beach. And they're walking, yes. and then there's their shadows following them. Yeah. Um, That's think, just a beautiful shot in general. In, a, in any yeah. movie, it would have been a beautiful shot. It was just really crisp. Those shadows were really prominent. It was a cool shot of them walking on the beach. But it's also, it's, you know, going along with they've got their shadows following And them. I think that stuff is fantastic yeah. when it's involved in the movie because those are so subtle. But right. there are so many other ones that are just so loud and distracting for me that I worry when the films get too focused on like throwing in little Easter eggs and 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 right, you know well, that mean, where it's like film, that's the most of the movie. This whole film is Easter eggs and symbolism. She drops an apple before she walks into the mirror house. The original sin, everything. She's in a mirrored house. She's in, you know their the 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 frisbee gets thrown and lands. They have this towel that they're all laying on that's all circles and the frisbee lands perfectly on top of its counterpart yeah. of a circle on the towel. It's just all very obvious. Well, and also Tim Heidecker has twins. Uh, (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. and there's just a lot after a while where i think it's good and it's all fun uh but it's almost like man all the details of this movie and it's more of like well yeah i mean but these are pretty obvious Mm -hmm. details after a while um but hey they're fun yeah (laughs) they're fun let's talk a little bit about this house of mirrors though because i always thought that was interesting definitely brought up some questions on the (laughs) rewatch um is that normal to just have like a fun house on the beach. 
Like, I mean, wouldn't I mean, that be frequently of, visited? Like, it's who's... not normal that there's no line. There's no barker in front of it. You don't know if there's teenagers going to, like, fuck. You don't know if there's, like, <laughs> drug drug dealers working in the mirror house. People, You could be kidnapping sure. children. The not normal thing about the mirror house is how no one's at the mirror house. Well, yeah, and it's fully operational. Uh, yeah. The, and she the, just kind of, like, the electricity mo- walks, works. walks on into this uh, mirror house. I just kind of... I always wondered that, and rewatching it, I'm just kind of, like, what? Uh, doesn't track. <laughs> yeah, and it's still there. And it's still there uh, 30 or 20 years later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then also, it's just got a secret portal to this underground world that's not that hard to get to. No, it's a door. It's literally a door. Because the escalator is run. <laughs> like, that's the problem. Like, the escalator is running off of, like, electricity. It is mm-hmm. powered, and it's right by a maintenance room. I'm assuming over some time people work in that room and the door wasn't even locked. No. And now you could say that, well, the door's unlocked, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, well, someone goes down there and feeds them rabbits. But it's just kind of like. Right. What? Also, what is this got like? And you said it before. There's wait, where did all these portals? Like, how many portals are there? Where do they come from? Is there a government agent assigned Absolutely. to every single portal to drop off rabbits? Uh, to to make sure that they have their scissors and their red suits. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of questions get brought up, and I think and the very movie few answers. Yeah, and I think the movie would have been just just as good, probably better, if it was just. It's very just supernatural, magical. Yeah. Uh, we just have underground our our doppelganger. That's all I needed to see was yeah. that. And then, like, maybe she got out because they were digging a hole. I don't know. I don't need to know. Yeah. And and just other questions, too, of just how they're given birth. Um, you know, I mean. Well, it sounds like violently. Yeah, violently. But, I mean, I just no one's sick down there or I don't know. And then it's just like questions of like, what, what happens when someone moves? Like if you're in the tethered New York area and you decide to move to, <laughs> well, spoiler alert, we discussed that uh, with mom. We did. Okay. <laughs> these questions will be answered by my mom, but still it's just all these kind of confusing aspects of it. The film though. I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff to love about this mm-hmm. movie. Julia, what's like the number one thing that you would say you love about this movie? I love the powerful moments of the movie, I think, with the kids. And um, I think those kids were really great. The comedy of it, the music that's playing when certain things are happening, like fuck the police happening Mm. um, as Elizabeth Moss is getting killed. I love that shock that we had in the theater because we didn't know there was going to be a Tim Heidecker doppelganger. We didn't know that everyone got a doppelganger. Because I remember, like, specifically, we were sitting there going, oh, when they came out and started killing that family. Yeah, and that was the reveal that it's not just this it's family. Not just Adelaide it's and it's family. everyone. Yes. Um, that there's a doppelganger out there. And, you know, rewatching it then, you realize that when, um, when the dad's doppelganger is on the boat and he starts yelling. Aah! You know, good impersonation. You hear uh, a call off, and I always just thought it was like an animal, or he's just yelling. Mm-hmm. But it was just another doppelganger attacking their family. Or I like it could to imagine been... it was Tim Heidecker. Yeah, saying, or maybe hey, it was... we're out. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a little subtle, and I like that subtlety of just that kind of was a hint out there that oh, oh this here. is happening somewhere There's else. There's more. Mm-hmm. They're but, communicating. But yeah, how to organize this revolution. Um, well, uh, she was the leader. Red was the leader. Yeah, she was the leader. Um, but it's also kind of a question that it was, 
I, I just uh, like what the, the the problem is is that she's dragged down to this tether world mm-hmm. and then apparently gets untied at one point and starts you know at one point they become unhandcuffed unhandcuffed but you think like the second she gets unhandcuffed she's just trying to run right to get out but I guess what the movie is suggesting is that there is a switch uh, maybe it was the dance in the ballet where their tetherness have now flipped officially flipped and now the the uh the tethered uh lupe is up there and uh, sorry lupita is up there and she is controlling the show now right i think that's what on the rewatch well so on the rewatch what i kind of understood it as was that's when they realized that she was special because she was sort of fighting her i'm saying it's both though okay because i think because what bothered me was that we didn't explain, uh, not that it needs an explanation, but this girl gets handcuffed to the bed, so I guess she shakes herself free eventually, and then why doesn't she try to run? Why does? And that's because she can't. We don't see the fact that Red is, uh, Red the child, who is up in the, the human world now, we don't see her fighting to keep Adelaide who is the human child stuck in the underworld, kind of keep her down, keep her pressed down. That's something that was really interesting to me and I would like to see is that initial fight to where Red, who is down in the underworld, who used to be human, this is a really hard thing to explain, mm-hmm. but the, the, the human child that's now stuck down in the underworld becomes accepting of it and finally is now a tether because she loses her voice from not talking. But so, she's the only one that still has a voice, speak. though. She, she can speak. She still has it, and she can speak. none of the other ones can speak. But she's lost her voice in that she talks on those inhales now because she never speaks. Like, when this child's immediate reaction down there is going to be fear of all of these zombie-like people yeah. roaming around, and two of them who look like her parents but are just scary-looking, mm-hmm. she's not reacting. She's not communicating with them she's terrified she would try to escape and then red who is up on the earth now would be forcing her to follow her and tether her down to try to keep her and push her back into this tethered world and it's very complicated to say but it's also would be kind of interesting to watch that dance because i feel like the final dance that they had because she was older it was years later when they that ballet existed because she was an older child are you sure about that though? yes because she sure. said years later she said the word years later and it was a different actress doing the dance and she was older looking so this this dance that she did was it was years later when they when they knew that she was was special when they saw her dance like that that's when they knew that she was special but i also think that's when she accepted her fate i well okay so i agree 90 percent with you the only difference is is yeah that's when the tethered knew that she was special and that's how she became the leader i totally agree with that but i think the only thing that i'm slightly disagreeing with you is that it wasn't her accepting i think that was like magically them flipping those roles right and not not an accepting thing of just like that's there was a transformation period i think that's the only thing that uh, that makes sense to me otherwise so my question is i want to see earth adelaide who used to be tethered adelaide in her life sort of still being controlled 
Because by all, human Adelaide, like how did that switch? Yeah, I just think all the movie really showed us is that she didn't talk for a long time, and then family was going to see a therapist about it. Right, and, and then dad left to get yeah, cigarettes and, and never came back. And I'm fine with that. Uh, I don't need to necessarily see all of that. I just think it's it's kind of a plot hole that basically it was pretty easy to get down there. It was easy to get down so there. Once it was you're easy like to be free. like, you're down there now. Ha ha ha. Hey, where does this door go that's just right. like 15 feet away? Oh, escalator? Oh, cool. Right. There, oh, there's no, my apple. <laughs> no yeah. other, yeah, no other uh, maintenance worker accidentally happened upon his tether. <laughs> um yeah it's just you know once again way more questions than answers um we're never gonna get them and that's no. fine uh i i would say for me though rewatching this i've let my guard down at being so overly critical of this movie i think it's still a very fun rewatchable movie yeah. the cinematography and the look of the film is very mm-hmm. good um you mentioned the shot when we get the reveal that tim heidecker elizabeth moss their family yeah. get murdered so good that scene was great because I'm a big Tim Heidecker fan, but also the wide shot where you see them all get cut and killed uh-huh. is pretty remarkable and an awesome choice uh, as far as direction goes to yeah. show it that way. We're, we're not expecting it yet, or maybe we're slightly expecting something to happen because otherwise why are we watching the scene? But the, the twins, you see their, their, their doppelgangers show up, their uh-huh. tethered show up, and then we cut to that wide shot where you see like all the glass in the house and you see all four get taken out. Right. Really beautifully shot. Yeah. Um, there's other things, though, that, like, the the, the little boy relationship was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I love that little detail because he's trying to learn this fire trick. And right. clearly down there in the tether world, the kid's just lighting his face on fire. <laughs> um, I thought that was very interesting. Um, the, the runner girl's relationship, just uh, sociopathic killer, I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, I like the detail that insinuating that the dad just needs glasses. Yeah. But that also brings up another question of, well, they have all this other tethered stuff. Right, like, why didn't the tether guy get glasses? Yeah, and then <laughs> does that mean also if someone's, like, tethered is, like, handicapped in a wheelchair? Was there a tethered person going around in a wheelchair? Or, or no, the tethered person just didn't have one, so it just had to, like, drag himself. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just uh, kind of like... Unanswered questions. <laughs> that wasn't the biggest thing for me. But the, the movie is fun, and it's exciting, it's get it's not as good as Get Out, but I think as the years went by and I've rewatched this film, I'm still bothered a little bit by the ending reveal. I don't think it needed to be explained that much, but overall, I think it's a really solid second yeah. film. And I'm excited and hopeful that Jordan Peele will continue to make great products. Yes. Because uh, we're kind of a little mixed about Twilight Zone. Some good yeah. ones, some bad episodes. Candyman looks really good. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see what what happens next. Right. Um, before we kind of wrap this up on our rewatch, I, what do you think about the Hands Cross America? Like, what is your take on? Because that's basically, it was interface in the beginning where we see all the linking hands across America. They're all in the red jumpsuits. And that's apparently their whole goal. What do you think the message is behind the plan is basically to kill all their others and then just hold hands. Clearly it was because that was the shirt that she had on. So it was used as a guide for them. And that's what made them do that. But I think Jordan Peele's symbolism of it is this class system and we are all the same. And that's sort of what Hands Across America was. Um, I don't know. I was just a baby. 
Um, but it was this long line of, of people of all different races, religions, creeds, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think that that's, that's a theme in a lot of his work is classism and, um, and racism really. I mean, look at Get Out and everything behind that. Um, but it's, it's really about everyone being one and the tethered were the shadows, the tethered were the nothings, the wonderful things that were happening to us on earth were horrible things happening to the tethered. And it was about the great equalizer of bringing them all together, but they murdered them. So <laughs> yeah. yeah um, no, I agree. And I thought it was interesting that he chose hands across America. Um, I felt like maybe there was also a bit of, you know, cause the classism's there and yeah. hands across America was also uniting people mm-hmm. and, um, you know, showing that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was interesting, I felt as well, is that there's a lot of protests that happen across time, whether you're protesting political issues, uh, religious issues, class issues. Mm-hmm. But sometimes maybe the message also is that sometimes, you know, the the protest or the revolution, you, you know, like the initial phase to speak up and but like kind of, well, then where do we go from here? Right. Because it felt like once they achieved their mission. Yeah. What was going to happen after they all held Yeah. Hands? So, I mean, I'm not saying this is the exact like thought process, but I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting because it's like the revolution was there. Like we're having our time to take over. But the result is we're all going to hold hands and stand because we don't know what we do after this. Well, yeah. I mean, they don't only one of them speaks and she's dead now. Yeah. And but you see the helicopters come in. So, you know, that like Adelaide and her family, they're not the only ones that survived or red. Yeah. Her family, they aren't the only ones that survived. There's other survivors because you see um, you see the helicopters. Uh, but you also see a very long line of people. So there are a lot of humans that are dead. So now are are we just going to like firebomb all of these people that are along the line? Because that's what's happening like, at the end. They're getting blown up. Yeah, we're um, just like everyone's standing there in a line. So I guess we're just going to have to pick up all these people in a line. So their mission really went nowhere, these bad guys. Yeah. So the, the, the whole point of the story is that, well, at least our family's safe. Poor Tim Heidegger. Oh, yeah, so sad when Tim died, but funny. Um, yeah, you know, one thing, and I'll just put it out there, and this is just kind of like, you know, another comparison I saw. It, it reminded me a little bit about the Occupy Wall Street movements um, where we have our big march mm-hmm. um, to do that. But then when it comes down to like, we don't know what we do now that we're right. just hanging out and it basically <laughs> kind of doesn't go anywhere. Not you know, saying any shade towards the movement itself, but it's kind of interesting because it has some similarities of now we are marching, we're making ourselves known, and then we're going to chill. Mm-hmm. That's what, I don't know. It was always interesting at the end of like, what is the plan? Let's hold hands, I guess. Well, and also, how long was the homeless man on the pier with the sign standing there? Yeah. And only this little boy notices with his and with with hand dripping with blood, standing there in this red outfit, doing nothing. Because here's the other thing. Once you're set up in your standing position, is that it? You can't move from there? Because we've, we've, we've established that it's not that you can only kill your counterpart. You can kill other people. Yes. Uh... So we've established that. So if other people went up to him like, hey, dude, are you okay? 
Is he not allowed to move and stab them because he's made it? He killed his counterparts and now he can stand yeah, proud? Yeah, I mean, that that will never be answered for us, but it is right. interesting. And then what if, like, eight of them show up and they're like, well, can I? No, we got to go down the line. No, you're over here. They're, like, some of them are in the ocean. Yeah. It's kind of... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. There here. were some holes. Um, yeah, a few more plot holes I want to bring up, and if you have some, of course, jump in. But uh, one big one for me is that and this happens in so many horror films where we see the swift killing of Tim Heidecker and family. Yes. Um, and then when um, Adelaide and and her family show up, it's more of toying with them. Yeah. Um, granted, like the twins, kind of like died right away but then elizabeth moth is, is really like playing around with the scissors um mm-hmm. kind of toying with them until you know then it gives them enough time to get hit in the head right yeah i, I just you know that kind of threw me off a little bit like swift kill there right. but and then instead like tim heidecker's tethered will like you know chase him down to the boat it was kind of an interesting yeah okay cool so you'll kill them right away but these people you're gonna like take your time with them Right, and that's the other thing that's weird is, to, and and granted, it was to enjoy some Tim Heidegger, just being Tim Heidegger. The talk to the hand part is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth Moss is Reaching bleeding out in death, reaches out, slow. holds his hand. It was Tim Heidegger being a great character and a great actor, I think, in this moment, too. So they had to write in this really fun beat for him. Or it was improvised and they were like, keep it, this is great. But the character, it's interesting because it can't go along with the, like, once you've killed your counterparts, now you just make your way to your hand-holding place. Because they because chilled. He put on he put on his robe. He had himself a scotch. And he was just, like, hanging out in the house. And she's, like, doing her makeup and enjoying herself in the woman's room. And the teenage girls are doing backflips like they were on the beach. Like, they're enjoying living yeah. it up in the house. They didn't go directly to their station to have hands across America uh, like the homeless guy did. You know, they were enjoying their home and, and their boat, I guess, eventually. No, and I agree. And also, to correct myself, I said talk to the hand. It was the too slow. So, yeah, yeah you, you said that uh, correctly. Too slow. <laughs> but yeah, they hung out at the house for a while. And I thought that actually would have been more interesting is now these tethered people are like, well, now we're just kind of here. But instead, it seems well, most of them are just reporting to this hand-holding movement. Right. Whereas some of them will chill in the house for a while until the main characters show up for another showdown. Right. Uh, and some more jump scares. Uh, it's still really good. It's just yeah. there's, you know, these holes right there. <laughs> One other plot hole I have. This is not really a big deal. Who cares? But let's talk a little bit about the boat. So <laughs> especially on the rewatch, I didn't really notice the first time I watched it. Because also it's like, who, like, Max, why are you talking about this boat purchase? <laughs> but I, I'm questioning this now. The family, we start how all these horror films start. Family's driving to the location mm-hmm. where the action's going to take place. They park. Um, little boy plays with his magic tricks. Sister, uh, daughter's on the phone. You know, mom's just kind of feeling weird mm-hmm. because she sees eleven eleven everywhere. And then dad went down and bought a boat really quick. Bought it or rented it? I, no, I he like bought to, it. He bought. He paid for this boat. Yeah, he said he got boats it. Boats are not cheap. So he's honking the horn, and then they go down and go, oh, man, you bought a boat. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. It's uh, – Well, you don't buy a boat for – like, you don't just buy a boat. That's a huge investment. It's like buying a car. You don't just, like, yeah. go buy a car without talking to And then we know that he bought spouse. it because then later he talks with Tim Heidecker about, like, bought a boat. And he's like, yeah, you know, because he's trying to fit their classism. Right. And I love the classism um, symbolism in yes. all of this. 
But the boat buying thing was a little sloppy for me. It could have just been simply they had the boat there. Because then right. they say later it veers right, and then we know that when it's doing the circle Well, I, and around, I think that was the whole point of it being a new boat, so we could give this information about and another the boat. way for them to junker. escape. But yeah. the fact that we had to go out our way to uh, explain why the boat is here and what the function of the boat will be later, mm-hmm. it's basically like letting us know that, hey, here's going to be um, a chess <laughs> piece we're going to play with later in this uh, movie. Yeah. But the dad, they landed and then went down and just showed up with a boat so that means he traveled Mm -hmm. somewhere but the car's still here so that means he walked somewhere bought a boat and then rode the boat back because he's honking the horn like check out this boat i got (laughs) right um re-watching that i went wait a second (laughs) that makes no sense and it's so simple just there's the boat still there yeah and then it could have been tim heidecker says oh you still have that shitty boat yeah that's it (laughs) But instead he bought a boat. And I get it because we're trying to cram that the dad is trying to... Be a Tim Heidecker level. Compete with yeah. like the... Yeah, well, this is my family. You know, we got a boat now, you know. Right. He clearly likes being at this beach house way more than... Well, and that's the other thing. To. So you asked if I had plot holes. There's a bit of a plot hole in the fact that this is her family's beach house. She's been... She's grown up going here. There's like painted art of her and her mother. Like there's... This is their... Her forever home. She's surprised that they're going to the beach oh what beach what beach the beach that's right down <laughs> yeah. the road yeah when the beach that we go to all the time so he says i thought we could go to the beach she goes what, what beach? beach it's like the main beach the, here the, the beach <laughs> like what are you talking about I agree, yeah and, and you know also they were just there last year too and she wasn't freaking out last year but this year she's kind of like yeah because i have to tell you because the movie's because movie starting movie movie now (laughs) well and also just to jump on that because i i totally agree the first time at the beach house because the movie would work if it would be the character like i haven't been back to this beach house until this traumatic experience that happened with my family because clearly they're staying at the beach house at the opening of the film right but that doesn't work because now she's supposed to be the tethered version. So she's been frequently coming back to this beach house. So why? They just went last year. Yeah. So why? <laughs> and and I'm, well, I guess what I'm saying is I understand she felt weird about it because they they haven't been back since the, the right. episode, and now she's feeling weird because well maybe sometimes past I'll feel good about it. But instead, you're right. They establish right. that they come here. And I will every year. I will like kind of disagree with me and you right now and say it could be because. <laughs> That she feel has the feeling because that is her tether that's starting to break free. So she sure. feels it now. She has a funny feeling, and that's why it's been weird. But we didn't establish that this doesn't make sense. Like you were fine last year. Like what's wrong? Why are you acting so weird right now? And then she said, "I just know this person's caught up to me." No, she's saying forever. I've felt this way. I've always yeah, felt yeah. this girl chasing me. I've always felt this, and it's like. Well, wait, we were just here last year. You didn't feel it. So it do- the plot hole in it is not that she feels weird now because it's very easy to explain that, no, the tether is the tether's coming up. The tether's getting closer. Yeah. That's why I feel weird. But it's that she's saying in her big speech where she's looking at her reflection in the window, she's always felt this way. And that's that's my plot hole is that you can't have it both ways. Sure. And also because movie needs exposition. It needs movie. It's, it so needs the, creepy speech. Yeah, movie needs exposition before uh, the show starts, so to speak. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. Listen, I understand why the speech has to exist, but they've been married for a while. They have two kids. Why has this never come up before? 
And then she she's tells, never had a weird day. I mean, you and I have been together for almost five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah. had some weird days. Well, right. And I mean, that story, I just feel like it would have been brought up uh, in the past. Right. Um, and then on top of that, after she tells this really creepy story, their son goes, there's a family in her driveway. And dad just is like, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, that's not a big deal. I'll call the cops. It's like, I it's mean. It's not a big deal. It's after midnight because she was, it was 11 11 when she's putting the kid to bed. Oh, it was 11 11? I didn't yeah, did notice. Yeah, did you not know? I did not notice. Wait, 11 11 <laughs> 1 1. Just like that sign. 1 1 1. Uh, hmm, uh. Okay, yeah, I get it. Dad doesn't seem that freaked out about it where you should be freaked out, especially if someone else that's your partner is freaked out about mm-hmm. it. But he did just buy a boat. So he it's did. all good. Very cool. So, Juliet, before we uh, wrap this up on a rewatch and then, you know, go to my mom's opinions on this movie, any uh, last final thoughts on us just to wrap well, it up? Well, this is our Easter episode because of the rabbits. So I wanted to discuss the rabbits and just see, like, what your thoughts are on why rabbits. I, I don't have an answer. I um, The only thing I can think about rabbits is it's generally used in test experiments. Okay. Um, you know, like bu- there's bunnies and mice and stuff. And I think there's probably some deeper meaning out there. I'm not going to bother looking it up. But it just felt like rabbits are essentially, you know, always like a test subject, like a guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Well, those are guinea pigs. But like, you know, <laughs> uh, rabbits are always in a test subject. And it just seems like, oh, we have a bunch of rabbits that we can just put in cages. And apparently they eat that and get no sickness whatsoever from None. just eating raw, raw rabbit. Raw rabbit. Rabbits are also, um, there's a symbolism of rebirth um, as well with rabbits. Um, there's also links to Alice in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole, chasing down the rabbit hole, which is something that Adelaide does. She goes down the rabbit hole. And then, yeah, I think like abandoned experiment. Uh, There's also like the idea of like the cuddly rabbits that are in Bambi. And, you know, then there's like Donnie Darko, evil rabbit. You know, there's there's all these different like dualities of rabbits as well. Are you just saying rabbits have a lot of personalities? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it would have been interesting if it was like uh, alligators. Right. Because they're in a sewer. (laughs) Just a bunch of alligators in cages. No, I mean, I think sometimes in movies like that, there's definitely a meaning behind it. But I also think it's just like, yeah, it'd be cool to just a bunch of white rabbits in cages. Yeah. And that would be our opening shot because it is a really cool opening shot. It is. uh, For the opening credits. Very long. Uh, Yeah, it's a really cool take. I just figured it's like rabbits. Okay, it was a test experiment that went wrong. We have all these extra rabbits. That they can eat. But I just, once again, who is stocking the rabbits? Well, maybe because when you fuck like rabbits, you have a lot of rabbit babies. And so they could just constantly be. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Um, Were the rabbits tethers to rabbits uh, above? Oh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's not part of the government experiment. (laughs) And then my last question for you is, let's say there's a pandemic going on, Mm -hmm. like coronavirus. Uh What's going on with the tethers? Are I mean, they all sheltering in their uh, in their their little areas? I guess areas? The, te- the tethers are just like sitting there, like uh, okay, so uh, we'll just pretend to watch Netflix. Yeah, tethers. This is actually probably a great time for our tethers because they're like we don't have to go walk anywhere. We don't have to. We're out of toilet paper. Yeah, like we don't care. They're just sitting around. <laughs> they're going to the stores and like, man, everyone bought so many rabbits. I guess I'll have to stick with rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. All right. So. That was us talking about us. See what I did there? I did. Solid film. 
definitely some plot holes, but uh, not going to fault it that watch. much. It's a fun watch, exactly. I think it's on Hulu right now and HBO. Hey, if you have nothing to do, go ahead and watch yeah. it. Well, it's about time that we're going to segue out of this, and we're going to go back to a segment that we recorded last year when we saw Us in Theaters, and this is when my mom was visiting. First time on the show, and probably going to be a while so we can get right. her on the show again. First time on the show, first time looking at the prices of Austin <laughs> yeah. meals. So, yeah, a little disclaimer. Mom was, uh, this was uh, towards the, the, the last the end leg, at end of her visit, <laughs> and she definitely had some thoughts about how expensive things were, and we had a few laughs, <laughs> and we hope you enjoy it because it was very enjoyable. We'll talk more about us. Apologize if we've repeated things that we're going to talk about back in the day but uh it's nice because this is a segment that we like to call mom pinions and uh please enjoy it so this is our first annual section of mom pinions on the film and you win show of course we've been talking about the movie us i got five on it thank you for having me I right. just spent $30 on a plate of marriage. <laughs> With lobster. <laughs> oh, so how much did you spend on beer earlier today? <laughs> Welcome to Austin. $10 a glass of beer. <laughs> I love coming to Austin. Um, of course, this is my mom. So welcome, mama. Thank you. Um, so we watched the movie Us. Yes, in the, in the we theaters, did. Uh, she's visiting from where? Where are you from? Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And so it's very cold, and you've been down to Austin, Texas, this past week. That is correct. How's the weather been for you? It's been beautiful. It's perfect. Gotcha. And then we, of course, went to Alamo Draft House, and we saw the movie Us. Yes, we did. So the movie Us. Your mom' opinion about it? Did you like it? Yes, I thought it was very entertaining. What did you think going into it? What did you think you were going to see? Well, I thought um, when I saw the previews, it kind of looked like a Hitchcock thriller, especially those violins that were squeaking. And that was a that was a pretty common Hitchcock uh, ploy to get you afraid, you know, to anticipate you're going to watch something really scary. So I'm I'm very drawn. Whenever I watch a movie, I'm very drawn to the music, and um, you know it just kind of like Jaws and the cello. And well, I was anticipating it being very scary with the the violins that were squeaking. Yeah, I think it's really interesting what you said because I was really nervous to watch it with you, let alone myself, because I thought based on the trailer that this is just going to be an intense, nonstop, scary movie. But mm-hmm. it actually had some comic relief as well, and it actually was. It's almost like you're afraid to go to like a doctor appointment to get a shot. And you're like, oh, that wasn't bad. Yes. What did you think of the blend of comic relief, though, in the, in the movie? Do you think it was a, a good mixture of comic relief and suspense, scary, horror, thriller, funny, or too much of something? Or Well, I was, I was anticipating it just because when I saw Jordan Peele's uh, Get Out, I was expecting comic relief. What, what was the number one thing you said to me when I said, hey, do you want to see the movie Us while you're in town? And I said, no, I'll have nightmares watching that film. Well, so you said, there's no comic relief. Oh, that's right. I did say that. <laughs> did he prove you wrong? There was comic relief. There was some comic relief. What was your favorite comic relief moment in the movie? 
I don't quite recall. I just, what stands out the most is the, 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 whatever you call those twins, the evil twins that lived underneath the, the earth. Are you talking about the overall tethered people or yes, the actual? The, yes, how they were speaking in their own tongue. And then you have the, the mother explaining at the end in a very, uh, uh, trying to explain why they ended up in the underworld and I thought I don't need to hear all that and plus I don't un- I can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> it was interesting because I mean we can talk about Lupita's uh performance but it was like she was uh it, it was really creepy because she was like talking on the inhale. Yeah. So she would exhale oh, and then talk while yeah. she's inhaling. Yeah. And uh can you try doing that? No, I cannot. I have COPD. How about you, Ju- okay. How about you Juliet? <laughs> Try, try talking like Lupita. Uh, talking like Lupita. That's good. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's good. Can you do it, Max. Um, what was the line like? Oh, there is a story of a girl. It's terrifying. <laughs> well, that was the plan. <laughs> You want to know how I did it, Mr. Bond? (laughs) We share one soul. (laughs) You got me on a dance. How about, I got five on it. Uh, that That was a lot of fun. Yeah. If, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to dance. 100%. All right. And the Perfect. Oscar goes to Mom Pinions. <laughs> Who was, what was your like favorite character in this and why? I, I don't have a favorite, but I had favorite moments like the father who, um, he was just kind of a, you know, he wasn't. He didn't seem concerned whatsoever. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go out there. Well, when the when the when the son came and said, "Hey, there's a family out there," and he thought nothing of it. Um, yeah, there was. And, a, yeah, just didn't think that was weird at all. There's a family standing in his driveway, <laughs> creepily wearing the same thing. I know. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, families are not that threatening, but at the same time, when they're I mean, all holding hands, holding hands, standing in your driveway, right, like, right. black. <laughs> I'd probably be like, oh. Okay. After your wife has just told you a very scary story about how she doesn't like being here. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right. Sorry, I interrupted you though. Go on though. His moments of not caring. Well, he wasn't. He didn't seem concerned, and he wasn't picking up on the vibes of his wife being really nervous, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to be there in the first place. Right. Right. Yeah, that that is interesting. Um, but then he was very confident on like going out with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is getting serious now. Yeah. yeah, he actually took it seriously after a while. But then they had a lot of like going back to that comic relief. There was still like jokes to be had throughout that movie, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was good because it kind of mm-hmm. kind of calmed it down at moments. But sometimes I don't know if it's jokes I would be making. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about Tim Heidecker being in this movie, Mom? Is that the guy with the robe? Yes, yes. that's the guy with the robe. <laughs> From Tim and Eric show. You've seen his stuff. 
Yes. Also, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Yep. I thought she was good, too. Yeah. Let's just go to the ending. Without talking about the twist, but what were your thoughts about how the ending was just explained to us at the very end by, like, like you know, we were making jokes like it was like a James Bond villain explains everything. Do you, do you, were you a fan of that? Like, or were you sold on this movie or did you need all that explanation when she talks about the government experiment, all the rabbits, you know, like, did you need the, all that? Or what did you think about all the explanation of the ending? I think it was over explained. Um, I think you need to, um, leave, leave some room for imagination for your audience, kind of leave it open-ended and, you kind of make your own conclusion. Um, but also, I, I, when she was doing the inhales, and she w- I didn't think she was very articulate. I had a hard time following her. Yeah. Um, for me, and I wonder if you felt this way, um, I've, I've seen movies like this where it's just kind of supernatural. It's just kind of voodoo. Right. Uh, a really cool thing's happening, and now it's happening all over the world. Like, we don't really need an explanation. Those movies kind of are just like, no, this is just, right. this happens, you know? Well, and I also, what I really like was the exchange of the mother and the son in the, when they're riding in this front seat together. Yes. And there was this understanding and you, you could just tell by the look on her son's face that don't worry, mom, your secret is safe with me. Yeah. And then he, you know, and then he pulls down the mask. This, well, what do you think about this theory that the son last year at, at when they went to the house got went missing for about 15 minutes. He got lost. And some people are saying that he flipped too. So last summer when they were at the oh. vacation house, he flipped. So what do you think of that? Like thinking back to all the weird things about him. He's a little quiet. He's a little nervous and reserved. And curious. Oh, see, I I didn't catch that. Yeah, that was a big thing on Reddit. They were talking about this this crazy potential twist that wasn't really explained. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it a little more interesting. Well, do you do? What do you think about it? That's just a fan theory. It's just a fan theory. What do you think? I think it makes it makes it more interesting, and and also just. You know what I, I, I what I like about um, watching film is when actors don't have to speak and mm-hmm. you know what what the what they're saying to each other with their eyes. And I just sense this connection in the in the front seat of that car. Okay. And I so, guess I didn't catch that. Yeah, so it's a fan theory. It's Jordan Peele didn't come out and say this is what's happening or anything right. like that, but some people are taking it another level and not only yeah. is the Lupita Nyong'o twist at the end mm-hmm. there, but the big twist that they didn't mm-hmm. explain mm-hmm. is this this mm-hmm. potential that the little boy is actually his mm-hmm. counterpart. I mean, do you believe in it? I kind of like it. I it makes sense. There's mm-hmm. no other kind of uh, different twist that we could throw on it, I think, that would make as much sense as that one does. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I mean, I, I, I mean, I could buy it, but I'm also just not a fan of it. I think this movie had enough mm-hmm. 
there are so many layers in this movie of hidden meaning, theory, symbolism, Bible verses, mm-hmm. numbers, you know, hands across America. There's so many references and stuff that for me, like just the little boy thing, like, yeah, it, it's great. But then we could also come up with a theory that they're all like reversed or mm-hmm. I don't know. The the interesting part is like the little boy with his mouth being burned, mm-hmm. like the, the tethered version. And also there's that key moment where they they keep saying that the people in the tethered world, like in the underground malls or railroads, wherever it's they are, tunnels, the subway system, they can only do what we do. And it's yep. like the kid above on the upside, like uh, the head world, like, you know, he can kind of controls him to walk into that fire at the ending. But then again, it gets confusing. And that's a whole problem with this movie of like, you know, because then we can go to our twist of that. They they switch when they're little girls, mm-hmm. but then they were still controlling and mimic each other. So I think I had more questions than answers. So, I mean, it would be the same thing if he, I'm glad he didn't throw that twist in there. But then when you get into this ending part where, oh, well, so this is actually what happened. And then here's a twist. And then it just kind of, it gets a little M. Night Shyamalan to me. Mm-hmm. What part was the scary, the biggest jump scare for you? I don't remember, but you know what's to the fore, forefront of my brain right now is when the when the daughter, the counterpart daughter, was wrapped around that tree and mm-hmm. she was dying. That really, I don't know, that part just really got to me. Just the mother stayed with her until she took her last breath. Yeah. Again, she was, there was still, you know, again, how people from two different worlds, they still bond, even though they're considered their enemy, um, and they're both an endangered of, of each other, but she became very sympathetic and she was just going to assist her with her death, you know, mm-hmm. make sure she didn't die alone. That's That stayed with me a lot. Yeah. It was interesting kind of, thinking about the fa- the familial unit and everything. Yes. Because she even talked about when the little girl found her prince, she had to take his counterpart, who was evil. And so mm-hmm. it's the it's a really neat kind of world. And then she had these children, and she had to have the her children exactly the same way. And then you, you wonder when you learn the twist, so that was supposed to be her child as well. And would these children have been raised the same way? Would she have pushed so hard for the daughter to learn to run if she didn't know mm-hmm. eventually this was going to happen? So it's kind of it's interesting, like the 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 motherly instincts that mm-hmm. that came in, whether or not she was natural mother for these kids or not. Mm-hmm. Well, right, and let's talk about the twist ending. The big twist ending, of course, is that I guess Red and what, what was her name again? Adelaide Lupita Lupita Nyong'o Earth and Lupita Nyong'o Underground. Yes, so. They were switched right. uh, from our opening scene at the Santa Cruz boardwalk. They're in the House of Mirrors, and they switched roles. Mm-hmm. Um, she scared her, dragged her mm-hmm. back down to the underground, the underground through the escalator, everything tied her up, and then assumed her life and replaced her. And then that's our big twist: is that the whole time we're led to believe she's fighting her tethered version, but actually, and it explains a lot. It explains why. Her counterpart is the only one that can speak, albeit breathy speak. She can still yeah. form sentences, yes. and it just it, and she understands the story of where they came from, instead mm-hmm. of just existing. So what do you both like, Mom? Mom, this is a mom opinion segment. What do you think of that twist? Did you like that twist? Were you like, what a twist? Yeah, I I liked it. Okay, that's good. Did it make sense to you? 
or was it kind of... Or was it predictable? Was it predictable? No, I did not see that coming. Okay, gotcha. So I, I do like to be surprised. Gotcha. I think it's interesting. So that, that, that's it? Any other mom opinion about no, that? No, I don't have any other opinions. Gotcha. Um, you know, it's interesting, and maybe we can ask you the, that question. I mean, Juliet, did you like the twist? I liked the twist. It was I, I kind of was expecting it a little bit in there just mm. because of how they kept leading back to this. I said there's got to be a reason right. that we keep going back to this moment, and we didn't really see it get finalized. Uh, I thought there might be a little bit more, which I think is why I like the idea of potentially the sun flipping. Um, Because, again, yeah, I don't want this to end up being a Shyamalan kind of storyteller because I think he's really good. Yeah, so let me uh, ask the question to both you ladies. Um, Both you ladies. Um, Jordan Peele is a lot of hype because Get Out was a great movie, Mm -hmm. and I think all three of us love that movie. A lot of hype for us. You know, people call him the next Hitchcock. This is very similar to what M. Night Shyamalan was dealing with, where he had a movie like Unbreakable and Sixth Sense, um, reverse order, but mm-hmm. Sixth Sense was got Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. Unbreakable was People just... kept calling him the next Hitchcock. Yes. And then he proceeds to make movies like The Happening, Lady in the Water, um, <laughs> Signs, Evan. which I know you really like Signs, Mom, but you know what I mean? Uh <laughs> There's there's this level of um, it just became cheap thrills. Um, are you guys worried, or what do you what what is your prediction for Jordan Peele? Will he be the new M Night Shyamalan, or is it going to be Jordan Peele's a little bit more talent? Because M Night is a decent writer. It's now like several scripts and movies in where like oh his writing's a yeah. little lazy. So. I think that Jordan Peele has the ability to be. He, he's a little more political and topical mm-hmm. in his movies, and they all make a statement, whereas M. Night's movies were just the movies that he's wanted to make since he was a little kid. So he's a little fantastical, whereas Jordan Peele is more topical, and he has a much stronger sense of humor and sense of you know storytelling in the different genres specifically so mm-hmm. far. Comedy, ho- comedy, thriller, and horror genre are kind of his. So that's what I think. I think, I think he'll save himself out of that. I hope so. <laughs> gotcha, mom. Mom, opinion: Is he the new M Night Shyamalan, or do you think Jordan Peele's uh, got too much talent to fall into that? I don't know if I can form an opinion about that. I mean, I've only seen um, his comedy sketches with his counterpart, Keegan Michael Key. That's what you mean. Right, that's all I ever knew of him, and Get Out. Well, that's all we all really yeah. know of him. I mean, he also had the show Children's Hospital. He's bringing back the Twilight Zone. Uh, right, but next I month. I wasn't familiar with all that. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we're not familiar with the Twilight Zone yet because it hasn't aired. But. So, from my perspective, because I don't know that much about him, or my knowledge of him is pretty limited. Um. All I know is his comedy sketches. He does a good Obama. Um, That's true. <laughs> and um, and Get Out, I thought, was fantastic. I guess of the two, I preferred uh, Get Out. Um, so I guess I see him as a beginning. He's he's. This is the the beginning of his career. So it's, it, I guess what you're saying is too soon to tell. 
Correct. Gotcha. Thank you for summarizing. That. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is very similar to M. Night's, uh, how, how he started. You mm-hmm. know, he had two amazing movies yeah. and everyone loved it. And, and right. pushed and pushed for another. Yeah, but I agree with Juliet that I think he's a little bit too much more creative with his storytelling, whereas M. Night Shyamalan's like, I'm going to do a movie about aliens. I'm going to do mm-hmm. a movie about dead people. I'm going to do a movie about uh, fairy tales. I'm going to do a movie about Wind. people in a village. And I'm going <laughs> to do a movie about something that happens. And Mark Wahlberg's a bee guy. Jordan Peele's got a little bit more layer to his script where there's like some political meaning mm-hmm. or social mm-hmm. satire. And I think Get Out is still like better than any M. Night Shyamalan movie yeah. that's ever existed. So yeah. I think Jordan Peele's got a leg up on him, but... I am not a fan of this overly explaining logic. I didn't come to this movie to, to have Lupita Nyong'o explain what's happening. Yeah, I didn't come to. <laughs> I came to this movie to be entertained and thrilled. I didn't come to this movie of like an explanation of what these people are. If you're gonna say that to me, that's fine. But I think I left the movie a little bit more questions than answers, mm-hmm. and necessarily. Three-fourths of the movie, I didn't really have any of those questions yet. But then you're going to talk about this whole tethered world and explanation of this, that. Yeah. I'm like, wait, hang on a second. Now I have a billion questions. Now think about so. it. They did that in, in Get Out. They just did it in a different way. They had the movie, the video that he made him watch that of Grandpa. Sure. Kind of explaining. But like that, that way of doing it mm-hmm. was kind of really cool and in the moment. So he could have maybe explained the tethered people in another way. No, I don't think that's my point. It's not, I'm not upset about the whole James Bond, I'm going to explain to you my whole plan, because the plan is ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. where do the red jumpsuits come from? Where do the scissors come from? Obviously, they're, it's it's an homage to horror films, whereas, Mm -hmm. like, the jumpsuit is very similar to, like, Michael Myers' jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. The red with the one glove is, like, Thriller. And the multiple rabbits. Um, (laughs) So many. So many rabbits that they're eating. Um, I don't know what that's a reference to. They're but just, uh, the, sis- the, the scissors in one hand is like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Um, I get all that, but that got a little hoaxy for me of where did these red jackets come from? Where did the scissors, the gloves, how many people were equipped from this? Because there was enough people that go almost across the world holding hands. Right. Well, so the the, other how, thing many, is, how many entry points are there? How many people, the, you know? the government had this failed experiment, I would assume that if the government was trying to keep it a secret, they would have gassed all those people out. Those, 100%, yes. Those clones would not be underground just existing. The government would have pumped something in there and yeah. gassed them all out. And that's Especially what I mean. if they didn't think of them as human. He created this world of a billion questions now to be asked that were mm-hmm. not being told before. You would have had me add, oh, everyone's counterparts are showing up in these red suits and trying to take over the world. Okay, enough said. Yeah. That's it. That's all I really it's need to know. good versus evil and which one is good and which one is because evil. Because it wasn't until you got to Tim Heidecker's family where you realized that it's happening to other people. Yeah. And that was a really huge moment because they all got slaughtered and they did that yeah. huge that white was the shot. Biggest, that was the biggest twist for me was finding out that, oh, it's not just yes. her family. Yeah, it's not just her family, but that was almost enough of like, what is going on? That That's fine. But then when you get into this whole explanation of then I plotted our revenge and we did all this, it gets a little bit too much of like, wait, huh? Cool. So you're saying How did you communicate? How, with them? how did you how did you train all these people that can't talk to each other? While um, also having to still do whatever your counterpart was doing. Yeah, I just right. I mean it's kind of like uh 
okay, I don't know. Actually, like that, this is a valiant effort, but kind of got away from yeah. yourself in the, on this one. You tried a little too hard. You're like, mm-hmm. this is cool right now. Don't try too hard. Yeah. So uh, that's my big critique on it. To go back, all the way back to when you're bringing about Get Out. The biggest difference is Get Out consistently throughout this whole movie is kind of a like kind of a ridiculous on purpose story. Mm-hmm. Like they have brain surgery being lit by candlelight. Um, you know, he's getting hypnotized. She's eating Fruit Loops while drinking milk and researching black athletes. You know, I mean, the whole like setup with the movie was just a joke and that was about the social satire about mm-hmm. it. He tried to make it as logical as like, matter of a fact, this is happening. Right. So... I think it's still a pretty entertaining movie. It's just the ending, all the twists and kind of the reveals at the end were kind of like a little bit almost for me, not needed. But I think it's still I still overall walked away like enjoying the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, what what are your final thoughts? Like, did you like this movie? Would you recommend it? Would you watch it again? Where are you at it with your mom opinion? Oh, I would recommend it. I mean, if if you're looking for a, a movie to be entertained and you know it's actually it's kind of fun to be scared and it was fun being in a um in a theater with a lot of people too that were just as scared i mean kind of reminds me when i went to see jaws i mean the movie was packed and that just added more to the thrill is when everybody else was afraid so yeah i found it i found it entertaining anything else you'd like to say about the movie us jordan peele about this podcast? No, I think that sums it up. <laughs> um, let's, give, let's give it a review. How many uh, how many rabbits are you going to give this movie out of five rabbits? I'll give it a four. You're going to give it a solid four? Four out of five. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add to your rating? All right. Juliet, um, what, are, what are you feeling? How many rabbits are you going to give this movie? And what's your final thoughts? I'm going to also give it four rabbits. Because I think those kids, for I think it was both of their first movies, they did a really great job. Yes. yes. Especially that little boy who did not talk that much. He really... Yes. He, he was great. They, they each played two different parts, two very different parts, each of them, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm at a solid four rabbits as well, uh, out of five rabbits. Um, I thought the movie was... Got a really awesome style. The story was pretty great. There's a lot of good, like, hidden uh, references. Uh, the acting was great, especially Lupita. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Any movie that has Tim Heidecker in it is great, but then a movie that kills Tim Heidecker, not so great, but then brings him back as a villain. Okay, great. And then, but then he ends up dying again in a boat. I don't know. Not so great. But anyways, I got my Tim Heidecker feel on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else was working very well. I loved how they, they took a song about weed and made it into like a scary remix tune. Mm-hmm. I love the blend of comedy, uh, action, horror, suspense. Overall, I thought this uh, Jordan Peele, this is a really nice follow-up to Get Out. I don't think these movies should be really compared, but they always will be because they're step one and step two of the Jordan mm-hmm. Peele anthology. Mm-hmm. Get Out is way better and way more of a complete film. I think Us was really great, but left me at the end because of the reveals with too many questions that will never be answered besides going on Reddit with fan theories. Maybe seeing it again. 
and maybe seeing it again, but right. I feel like that's still not my issues. I'm still <laughs> going to watch it again and be like, no, it's the same questions I have at the end because you talk about it all in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Well, you know how I love subtitles. Maybe I'll understand it more with oh. the subtitles. No, I, I understood what she said. <laughs> See, I didn't understand what she said. <laughs> I mean, not everything she said, but I get the gist of it. My point is it's still... No, all of a sudden when you start talking about this tethered world, I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Let's talk about this. Can you say fuck? <laughs> wait. Yeah, we can say it. Say it, Mom. No. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, I still understood it. I'm just saying I was still a little left in the dark of, wait, hang on. Oh, the movie's over? Wait, mm-hmm. what? Oh, she's she's a tethered person? Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I got five on it. Anyways... Mom. Well, there's something to be said about um, now that I know this, now I want to go back and watch the movie from the beginning yeah, to pick up on other nu- nuances. And also how the boys, how they, you know, a truly good actor can act with their eyes. And again, I, I just, I really appreciated the boys' um how he acted with his eyes, that connection with his mother. Yeah. Like you knew he, you know, he was communicating something mm-hmm. with his mother that only the two of them shared. Yeah. Well, a mother-son bond is very strong, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, no, one more time. I agree with you. If I watch it again, I'm going to pick up on more clues. I'm just talking about the theory of this tethered world. It just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense to me. That, that's my whole point. And I don't think watching it again, I'm going to pick up on it. I still don't understand, like, is there 7.5 right. billion tethered people underneath? Yeah, that's what they're saying. And she somehow communicated to all of them that can't talk to get all these red jumpsuits together and scissors. And they're all going to show up at all at the same entry point. Or, like, what if someone moves from London to Mexico? Do they, like, walk, like, across all these tunnels? Yeah. That's I, what it seems. I guess. You go as far as you can until you hit a wall, and then you just like walk. It's like video games. You're playing Call of Duty, Okey and you take it out of a corner. That's It's just walking into yeah. a wall back and forth until the person links up with you again, and you go the right yeah. way. Anyways, I think we're both all green. We enjoyed it. Yes. A little kind of confusing of an ending, right? I'm not mm-hmm. alone on this, You're right? not alone, but I would happily see it again. I love sure. watching Get Out again. It came even funnier to watch it a yeah. second and third time. And we're giving a good four rabbits yeah. out of five rabbits. Yes, I highly recommend to yeah. see the show. So, yeah. Mom, thank you for coming on. This is your first Mom Opinion. It was great to have you in Austin, but also just to bring you on the show to go see this movie with you. I'm glad you braved it out. Mm-hmm. And you watched well, us with us. I love coming to Austin. I was looking forward to this ever since I came here last year. So I, um, good food, great company. Uh, the blue bonnets are always a pleasure. Um, the great weather, and we saw the bats tonight. That was also a bonus. And we also saw the movie Us. That is correct. All right. At the world famous Alamo. All right. Till next time, Mom. I love you. I love you, too. We love you, Mom. Thank you. I love you, too. You want to say one more thing that you spent money on in Austin? (laughs) What else did you buy? What else did you buy in Austin and how much did it cost? Our (laughs) salad. What? Our salads? Our salads. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm, I'm excited. What is that? What's wrong with that? <laughs> I gotta regain my composure. <laughs> Our salads today were 120. <laughs> Our salads today were 120 dollars. Is yes. that what you're trying to say? Our salads were 120 dollars today. Some good salads. Oh my god. I actually got a sandwich. You know, though. that's something you don't buy on a teacher's salary. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> anyway, but it was very it was very nice luncheon. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much for coming on, Mom. <laughs> yes. Right, Till next time. You can afford time. to come back next time. <laughs> All right. Bye now. <laughs> Bye, Mama. Well, that was fun to listen to that. Um <laughs> Thank you to my mom for coming on a year ago on the show. I'm glad we could finally fit it in. And uh, yeah. Thank you, Juliet. Sorry about the salads. <laughs> uh, it's still something that we talk about to this day yeah. of mom freaking out, calling salads. $120 salad. Uh, gotta love mom. Uh, anyways, thank you, Juliet, for doing this. Thank uh, you. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed uh, <laughs> that segment of Mom Pinions. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with you. And stay safe out there. Stay safe out there, and a lot more coming from the filming you in team. Some stuff from the past that we recorded, and some <laughs> stuff that we're recording right now in isolation. We got some time in our hands. Yeah, can't wait to be with you next time when we can film you in. Thank you as well for Juliet being with me. And 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 thank you to our tethers for just sitting at a table talking into a rabbit. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for the tethers for also podcasting. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. Floating pictures. Join us, everybody, for the Filming You Win show. Let's get some lunch.